after the, uh, the, the week that maybe we've had as a nation and a world, it's good to be reminded, yes, that God can move mountains, that He is indeed mighty to save and mighty to do whatever God wants. That's really good news. Mighty to continue to bring about the transformation of me and you and to form us into really his army on earth, his army of compassion and love, righteousness, of goodness, of justice. It's good to remember that in the midst of a bombing at a marathon, in the midst of a fertilizer plant exploding, in the midst of a number of bombs in Iraq in this last week. That totaled uh, all together, all three of those explosions, close to 80 deaths and hundreds and hundreds injured. I'm wondering how you deal with that. How do you, you deal when you just can't get away from the evil that's uh, around us, from explosions and death and, and just and the inability to expl- explain it and understand it and the fear that it causes? Do you, do you run to it or do, do you run from it? How do you uh, respond? Jesus runs to it. It's just his very nature. I mean, he, he runs to the evil. That's the, really, it's the meaning of Christmas, the meaning of the incarnation. And that's what he calls us to do, to run to it. And that's what I want to do. I want to be one, and I want to be a part of a, a group that follows Jesus and runs to the explosion when it occurs. To be a presence in in the power of God of good, of righteousness, of justice, of love, and of compassion. You may have seen this picture of of one who ran to the explosion. There's a few stories of different folks that when the explosions occurred, instead of running from them and ducking, they ran towards them, at least eventually. This is a picture of the... Man in the cowboy hat was the guy that interested me. Found out his name is Carlos Arrodande. I practice that a lot of times. <laughs> and I, I want to be like Carlos. He, he was there. He's at the marathon regularly um, since the um, death of his son in 2004 in Iraq during the Iraq um, war. And uh, that um, so impacted him, that loss and that pain, that, that eventually he came to the point of saying that he, he wanted to be as public as he could with presenting to, to America just what war meant and the loss of life and how easy it could be for us to sort of forget that. You know, I mean, just sort of watch it on the news and then move on because it's way over there. And, and so he was at the Boston Marathon, as he's been at the last several, just handing out American flags. And reminding folks of the cost uh, that those who uh, fight in the uh, armed forces that they pay. And so when the bomb exploded, Carlos ran towards it. He, he ran toward it and he, he, he came upon Jeff Barnum there, who's the one in the wheelchair that they're pushing. 
And Jeff had severe injuries, severe injuries to his legs. And what Carlos did is he just grabbed whatever shirts that he could find, took one of his own shirts, and just tied tourniquets around his legs to stop the bleeding so that he would breathe, so that he would live. I'm like, yeah, don't you want to be like that? I, I want to be like that, to run to the explosion in the name of Jesus to run to the pain in order to bring the comfort of Christ. You know, last week as we, we looked at, at our uh, prayer, our uh, prayer covenant, and if you didn't get one, be sure to get one on your, your way out. We talked about how we come to God in grace and that when we come to God, God is safe. I mean, God is a safe place. But that safe place that God calls us to in Him, that safety that we have in Him, then God calls us to enter into the pain of the world and that He will keep us safe even if it means loss of life. That he, he calls us, as uh, some of you may be familiar with the 23rd Psalm, yeah, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we will fear no evil. He doesn't say walk around it, he doesn't say avoid it, dig a hole under it, climb over it, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yet fearing no evil. Do you trust him enough to do that? To walk toward the pain of our world in his name, trusting that he indeed will keep you safe. Passages today are in the Gospel of John and 1 John. The Gospel of John is what John wrote telling us the, the events of Jesus' life. And uh, the first four books of the New Testament are like that. They're Gospels telling us the good news of Jesus' life. And this is John 15, um, verse 12 and 13, found on page 878. And then we'll read from 1 John 3, which is there's then three letters of John that he writes later on. And um, we'll read 1 John 3, starting with verse 17 and 18, which is found on page 991. Or you can follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Speak to us in this, in this moment, in this time together. Lead us to experience the fullness of being safe in you as you lead us into the pain of this world. Build in us that, that trust that truly surrenders all, that truly gives our full life to you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. John chapter 15 Starting uh, verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I don't think that Jesus is just uh, giving us a nice little metaphor here. I think he's being clear, specific, and literal here. That just as he gave his life 
for us. Now he's calling us to give our lives to, to one another and to those who are in need around us. And, and that it may even be so much as to cost our physical life as it did Jesus. But to trust that we are in his hands. I mean, it's that radical of a call. First John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Compassion. That's, that's the, the, the call. That's what we're going to be praying for uh, this week as, or talking about as we pray our prayer this week. Compassion, which means to suffer with another. It means to love in truth and action. Compassion is not an emotion. It's not, not just something we feel, that we, in, in a sense, feel for another. It, mean, it motivates us then to action so that we are willing to come alongside another and suffer with them in the midst of their pain. Seeking to follow Jesus to help alleviate the suffering and pain of our world in truth and action. Remember the, the, the first time that, that the, the Spirit just seared this notion of compassion into the depth of my soul. I've never forgotten it. Believe it or not, it was in a sermon. It's 22 years ago. Seminary, Dr. Perry Downs was preaching, and, and, and what Dr. Downs was sharing us the story with the story of how he kept and his family, they kept foster children. They, they kept children who had become uh, under the guidance of the state uh, because their, their family, their biological family, had, had some, was in, in such a crisis that they couldn't care for that child. Uh, all, he cared for children of all different kinds of ages you know, for a number of years. He and his wife and his, his children did. And, and he, was, he was telling us that you know, he would, so you'd get a, a child in your family for months, sometimes years. And, and he'd, as he'd tell the stories, people would ask what was going on and different things. He, he'd tell people, this is what we do is we keep foster children. And, and one, a couple times, you'd hear somebody say, man, I could just never do that. And Dr. Downs was, was telling us that. You know, people would say, you know, I could just never do that. I could never you know, give the child back because I would just love the child too much. And Dr. Downs then told us then, he said, you know, eventually I started to think about that and eventually I, I would stop and I would correct the person because they were deceiving themselves. He didn't love the child too much. It was just too painful for him, which is okay. But it wasn't because they loved the child, because if you love the child, then what do you do? You do the very best thing for them, even if it costs you, even if it brings pain to you. That's compassion. 
And so when, when the child then has a, an adoptive family that's ready to care for them for the long haul, then, then you, you give them up, and yes, you endure pain because of that separation. That's the very definition of compassion. To suffer with, for another, for their benefit. And I remember going home after talking, uh, after hearing that and, and telling Kathy, he said, eventually we, we got to do something like that. And we did for about six years, seven years. And when we were living in Mobile, we kept babies. We fostered babies. Kathy would, we worked with Catholic Social Services, and Kathy would go to the hospital, go to the delivery room, and would receive the baby and bring the baby home. And we would then keep that baby until everything was worked out. You know, all the ink was dried on all the adoption proceedings. Um, uh, And sometimes it would take a few weeks, months, sometimes longer. But it was all to to care for the child, to give that child a home with a family, to to attach well, to be sure fed and changed and all of that, and then to give the the, the baby to the adoptive family so that everything was secure, so that then the baby wouldn't become in the middle of, of two families, but that everything was secure to do that. And one, the third child that we, we kept was Carolina. And uh, Carolina, um, we kept for eight months. You, know, you keep a baby for eight months. Uh, you, you, you are up at night, you're feeding, you're changing. You know, all, you know how it, most of you, a lot of you know what it means to care for um, a baby. And at eight months, the baby starts to have a personality. Uh, you, you get to know the baby, and the baby knows you, and you, you, you really do fall in love with one another. And as it was time to give Carolina away, I'd never seen a look of pain on my wife's face as I did that day. The closest that I've seen in pain on her face was really just a couple of months ago. The second day we took Nate to the hospital. He's in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And when it was unsure, all that was going on. That's the only other time that I've seen that look of pain. And we remembered what compassion means to suffer with suffer for the benefit of another. It took us a year to recover emotionally. It was a year before we were like, okay, we can take another baby now. And the neat thing was that the fifth baby we had was Emmanuel. And Emmanuel we kept for a much shorter period of time, but the neat thing was that Emmanuel became Carolina's little brother. And just A year or so ago, Carolina and Emmanuel, whose names are different now, but they, with their family, came through Cincinnati and connected with us on Facebook and stopped by to say hello. Compassion is the willingness to suffer for the benefit 
of another. Our prayer this week is that that's who we'll become. They will continue to be. It's a dangerous prayer. So I just want to warn you. Help us love others the way you love us. That's what we're asking God to be at work in us to do. To love others the way that God loves us. And because I don't want to just sort of lay that little guilt trip on anybody. Because it's not a guilt trip. But it is a challenge. And it's a huge challenge that we can't do on our own. That only the Spirit of God can do in and through us. I want to give you opportunities to, to participate in that. One of them is with Compassion International. Many of you have heard of Compassion International. They connect with, with students around the world who are in need, students of poverty. Uh, in that large group of people in the world that live on $2 or less a day. And they give opportunity for us to connect with children uh, around the world through letters and through finances. And what the, the neat thing was, I had no idea that this particular Sunday is Compassion Sunday. I mean, Compassion International Sunday. And Bob Wade, who's been doing, he and Sue have been doing Compassion International for a number of years, just sent me an email, or actually called me on the phone a week and a half ago and said, hey, it's Compassion Sunday. And I'm not like, how did he know we were doing Compassion Sunday? And it's this particular Sunday. Really? Well, this works out really well. And he goes, and here's, here's a little video. It'll tell. There's a whole program around it. And I love to be in the atrium. Just to, if anybody wants to participate in compassion through this way, to connect with children around the world, then here's an opportunity. So I want to show you this video from Compassion and remind you that Bob and Sue will be in the atrium. Every day, millions of children fight for their lives. They struggle for the very basics of survival. Poverty doesn't... Yeah, I think if emails could scream, the email screamed, Yeah! Love to! And can Victor come? Uh, can Victor come and share his part of the story too? And I said, yeah. That'll be... Uh, just know he'll be the star of the show. So I want to ask Kristen and Victor to come forward and share their story of uh, compassion. Hello. Okay. Good morning. This morning we've been learning about compassion suffering with one another, entering into another's pain. One way to show compassion is through adoption. James 1.27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. In the summer of 2009, my husband and I listened to what God wished for our lives, and we began the process to adopt Victor and Jesus. Some of you know our story. A lot of you prayed for us for over a year, 
until we were finally able to meet our boys in Columbia on October 27, 2010. If you don't know our story, come find me because I love to share the miracle of how God blessed me with two sons. But today is not the day for me to share my story. Today, Victor, my oldest son, wants to share his story, a story that he feels God has asked him to share with this congregation today. Hello, everybody. Uh, I was eight years old when I found out that I had lost my parents and that I would never see them again. That day, I got scared, I cried, and I was going crazy everywhere I go. I don't know why, but I, I was just going crazy. It was, hard for, it was hard for me to live without him, you know? I needed my parents to be on my side, and I needed love so I can control myself. I couldn't do anything without him. For the next six years that I lived without my parents, I lived with six different foster families. It was hard for me to live without my parents, knowing, even though that I didn't know where they were, you know? It was hard for me to trust those around me and to believe what they said to me and do whatever they told me what to do. It was pretty hard for me to believe all, the, all of them. When I got to nine and 10 years old, I felt like I was gonna be adopted by someone. I don't know why, but I, I just felt it that I was going to. But after I got to 12 and 13, I felt too old for adoption. As I, got, as I got to a teenager's life, I got more scared because if I get to 18 years old and I, don't have a, and I didn't have a parent, a mom or a dad or a family, I was gonna have to go to the army and probably die. That's the rule for, the, for Colombia. When I was 14 years old, I got the news from the ICBF saying that I was gonna be adopted by my mom, Kristen, my dad, Jeffrey, and that was, that was the most exciting day of my life. It was, I don't know why, but I mean, because I was thinking I was gonna have somebody to look after me, someone that loved me, and someone that I could call mom and dad for the rest of my life, and don't worry, don't worry what's gonna happen to me in the next day or the next week. Today, I'm here in the United States, live with the best family I ever had. Little sisters, little brothers. Like I said this morning, sometimes they piss me off. <laughs> but, <laughs> But guess what, I love them, that's what I need to be happy. <laughs> now that since I've been in the United States, I see lots of kids without parents. Well, guess what, I know how they feel, I know how hard it is to live without a mom and dad. All I'm asking is just to help those kids because any of you can save a kid from sadness and getting hurt by others. Thank you. So we've learned that today compassion is an action, not just a feeling. So for those of you who are ready to answer the call and do something, great, because we have a few opportunities for you. First, like Drew said, there's an amazing movie called Stuck that will be showing next Sunday in Kenwood. It is an award-winning documentary about the difficulties and joys of international adoption, and it is touring the nation, and it is hoping to create a movement a movement that will encourage the United States officials to do something about it, to somehow reform international adoption. Because as of now, an international adoption takes on average three years to complete and costs over $30,000. Because of this, many orphans are stuck waiting. 
I encourage anyone to come see the movie, but if you can't, you can also go online and buy it and watch it at your, at your home, at your convenience. Um, for any of those interested, I have um, flyers and information after the service. Second, Jeff and I are starting the adoption process once again. In May, we will begin taking the required classes through Hamilton County to become um, certified adoptive parents. There are over 100,000 children in the United States right now who are available for adoption and who are wanting a home just like Victor did. I challenge you, if you have ever been interested, if you've ever thought about adopting, or if just today you feel God tugging on your heart in this way, please join us. Take the classes with us. For me, it is so much easier to follow God when I'm not walking alone. So for any of you interested, please see us after the service. Thank you. You also uh, received um, with your uh, bulletin today when you came in just, a, uh, just another uh, highlight of a number of different ways that we try to enter into um, uh, the, the, the world um, around us here in, in Cincinnati, um, whether it's with Feast of Love and uh, Bev will be also in the atrium. Um, particularly, uh, one thing that she uh, mentioned was, you know, for, for $50, you can sponsor a child to, to go to camp um, this, this, this spring. And there's a number of other um, items that are mentioned here in this handout. And Christ's community as well, the outreach arm of the churches in College Hill um, to enter into the, just the, the, the pain and struggles of uh, our um, neighborhood and community. The Interfaith Hospitality Network. We had the privilege of hosting homeless uh, families who find themselves homeless and for different situations um, just this week. And we'll be doing that again in June, but over at uh, United uh, um, Church of Christ here in College Hill. And, and Wiz Kids and Treehouse and others that are mentioned where we simply enter into the life of those that are, for whatever reason, um, facing struggling, facing pain or, or difficulty um, and that we, in the name of Jesus, in the character of Jesus, we pray, um, come alongside others um, in struggle, times of struggling or pain. So I invite you this week to uh, pray, particularly as you're praying the second line of our prayer, help us love others the way you love us that you uh, also pause and just listen as to how God might be calling you, nudging you, directing you in, in these opportunities or any other as to where are the explosions that he's calling us um, to run to. What I'd like for the... Uh, ushers to do now is to hand out to you a uh, commitment card. It's a commitment card simply to pray. Um, uh, that you'll, you'll, you'll seek to pray uh, this prayer. Again, if you weren't here last week, didn't get it, or you lost it along the way, y'all go ahead and hand them out as I'm talking. Um, but this is our prayer for these now six weeks. Um, but uh, that we would pray seven days a week at seven o'clock and, and join together in seeking God using these particular words to form our, our heart. Now, some uh, 
Um, just know the 7 o'clock, there's no a.m. or p.m. on there. And some people have even gotten really creative and said they're going to do it 7 o'clock Pacific time or they're, they're going to do it the third time zone of Russia, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and it's sort of left, uh, you know, with that kind of creative license to put after the 7 o'clock. Um, but that we will pray this together for the next um, six weeks um, now. And what uh, I, I want, didn't want to give you this commitment card uh, until uh, I gave you a little bit of the Surgeon General's warning of this prayer. Uh, you know, that uh, if you're truly seeking God, then, then God's going to lead you. And, and God's going to draw you um, into the keeping you safe, but drawing you into the dangerous places in our world, into the explosions that may occur around us in the character and the name of Jesus. So invite you um, as we pray together now, as we uh, um, continue this worship service, that if that's a commitment that you um, want to seek to make, then to sign on the dotted line and put that in the plate as a representative of um, what you offer unto the Lord, the, the, the stuff that doesn't fit in the plate in terms of your, your time, your energy, your very life. Now I invite you to join with me in prayer.